Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thanks for joining us for episode 191, and we're back with another recap episode on the lives of Jack and Tierra. And I'll let Tierra kick this one off. I think she's had an exciting past couple weeks, so you have the mic. (laughs) Wow. Well, the past two weeks, definitely a little bit different to the previous few weeks. The previous, not just few weeks, the previous 121 weeks, because I'm no longer in the improvement season. I'm now officially in prep. Exciting. <laughs> Quotation marks You've been waiting only two years to say that. Yeah. Oh, man. But it feels like just yesterday because you and I stepped off stage on the 8th of May in 2021 and got right to work on all the things that we needed to improve upon. But hey, 121 weeks later, 28 months later, it's time to get back into the thick of prep again. So happy to be here, to say the least. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's already flying by, two weeks in. Yeah, two weeks, just like that. But the funny thing is, is that you make a big song and dance about entering into prep and not going to lie, totally love to, <laughs> especially after spending so long in the improvement season. But it's funny because you wake up on that first morning of prep and if you've had a good pre-prep phase and you live a bodybuilding lifestyle day in, day out, regardless of the phase, just like you and I do, the only thing that really changed was the amount of calories that I was eating that day. Everything else essentially stays the same in life because I love my life. <laughs> Everything in terms of my routine, my habits, you know, when I work, when I train, what I'm doing, when I'm posing, when I'm walking, heck, even a lot of the food sources, everything just stays as is. It's really just, all right, I'm gonna start eating a little bit less food and uh, start getting a little bit leaner. Mm. I think on the topic of food, I'm sure people are excited to know what you're eating to get shredded. (laughs) The TBD meal plan 101. Yeah. Oh, you got to pay extra for that. (laughs) Because I'll I'll be on exactly the same meal plan, right? Oh, yeah. You're going to be having a sardine prep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but uh, yeah, I have set myself up on a set plan for this prep just to make things really, really simple. You know, keep food focus at bay, minimize decision fatigue, minimize any variables that just pose question marks on, hmm, have I actually hit a weight plateau or is my weight just bouncing around because I decided to change a few food sources? You know, I went to the discount grocery store and I saw, hey, cauliflowers are on sale, but I've been eating a lot of green beans. Ah, I might as well eat some big cauliflowers this week. And then the additional food bulk or changing things here and there that just, you know, when you're working with within a much smaller margin for error, even tiny changes like that, especially when you're a female and you're trying to lose between like 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week. For someone like myself right now, sitting in like the 67 kilos, 0.5 to 1% of my body weight per week is about 350 to 700 grams on average per week. Given how much fluid and food and everything that goes in and out of someone's body on a daily basis, those sort of variables could easily change, you know, scale weight data. You know, if you just eat a little bit more food bulk or something or have something a little bit more or less salty, that's going to influence your scale weight. And I've been there before in past preps. It's just given me headaches and head spins. So something for this prep, I'm like, not 
everything is staying identical and that I don't have to question anything. If my weight is truly plateauing after a week, there you go. You're not in a calorie deficit. Drop your calories. Yeah. Sounds kind of like your off season as well. <laughs> what do you mean? In terms of the food choices. Yeah. Staying the same. Yeah. Just identical. It's simple. But yeah, I have set myself up on just a very easy set plan that once again reduces decision fatigue it just reduces any sort of food focus and it's so convenient to make meals as well like my third meal is so simple and it literally takes me less than 10 minutes to eat (laughs) and it takes me about like 30 seconds to whip up so it's actually saving me so much time because i'm certainly in a position right now where i need to be focused on my work because we've got a number of clients getting on stage basically every weekend for the next two months that I don't want to be spending additional time preparing food. And that's something I've totally noticed since entering into this dieting phase is just how much time actually goes into food preparation when you are in a building phase and just eating more food, Jack. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, really is a full-time job when you're bulking. Yeah, well, I've got all this time back, which is just making me feel hella productive. But anyway, at the end of my improvement season, my final macros I ended on just over 2,800 calories. So it was around 400 grams of carbs, 175 grams of protein, 60 grams of fat averaging each day. Joey and I did a decent calorie drop right from the get-go just to get things moving. So took about 50% of those carbohydrates away. So went down from 400 grams to 200 grams of carbs. Protein is at 140 grams per day and fats are at 45 grams now. So it's just over 1000 calories dropped. And at the end of my improvement season, I was maintaining my weight in like those low 69 kilos. So those calories had me roughly around maintenance, maybe in a very, very slight surplus. But it's been good so far because been dieting started on September 4th and now it is Sunday, September 17th. So almost two weeks and weights dropped down from 69.1 down to 67.3. So almost two kilos down, which is pretty decent. I think in that first week, it's definitely a lot of like food bulk, glycogen stores, fluid, etc. No muscle loss though. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I'm growing into this show. That's how you want to do it. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, No, but a decent drop that first week and then this past week as well. It's just continued to go down, which is quite nice. And I'm expecting to probably crack into those 66s this next coming week. I kind of feel a bit of that whoosh coming on. Mm. (laughs) But in terms of actually setting myself up on a set plan. So for breakfast, I am having cream of wheat. Yeah, sorry out there, all those core lovers (laughs) cream of rice no cream of wheat is definitely where it's at so for breakfast my breakfast is the one person in australia (laughs) or two i guess if you include me yeah but i don't you haven't had cream of rice so you can't really say cream of wheat's better no i can't but hey i'm still gonna be a fan because i'm a big fan Uh, But anyway, for breakfast, I'm having some cream of wheat, which is just 100 grams of wholemeal plain flour, and I blend that with about 10 grams of chia seeds, 10 grams of raw cocoa powder, about 700 mils of warm water, and I just stick blender that and microwave it, and it's nice cream of wheat. 
And then as like an HBV protein source and a bit of, of a dietary fat source on the side, I'm having 90 grams of raw weight chicken breast and then just one egg and about 15 grams of mozzarella cheese with like just a few spices on there. And I cook that in a little pan and then I just have some fruit on the side. So right now I'm having a grapefruit and an apple. So breakfast is my pre-workout meal. And that's certainly my biggest meal of the day. And I front load a lot of my carbohydrates. Like if I'm having 200 grams of carbs during the day, breakfast is nearing on 100 grams in itself. <laughs> so I think it comes out most days, depending on the size of my apple and my grapefruit, around 97 grams of carbs or so. So that's breakfast. And then I have a five grams of creatine and I have some pre-workout and then we go train. And then for post-workout, I'm having some oats. It's just a hundred grams of quick oats. And I cook that with 10 grams of flax seeds. And then I also make some strawberry ice cream, which is just 30 grams of casein protein powder with 150 grams of frozen strawberries. That's my second meal. And again, front loading a lot of my carbohydrates. So that second meal comes out to be around 60 grams of carbs. And then my third meal, so simple. And the reason why I've made this meal so simple is because I do all of my check-ins in the afternoon and I want to work as much as possible and literally dedicate as least of my just like mental focus to food and also time as well. So literally I'm just having a can of sardines and I'm also having just six corn thins, which comes out to be about 41 grams of corn thins. So that is a super simple meal. And there's like only 28 grams of carbs in that meal. And then for dinner, I'm just making myself a vegetable stir fry with some kangaroo. So it's like 120 grams of raw weight kangaroo. I have a zucchini, which comes out to be around 180 grams, about like 130 grams of carrot and like 150 grams of tomato, and then 35 grams of avocado. And just cook that with a bit of spices in a pan. And there you go, TBD's meal plan. How Brett? many people will be writing that down and copying it? Oh, I don't know. You might have to uh, rewind and replay. Yeah. <laughs> but it is interesting because it is front-loading a lot of my carbohydrates. Like I said, breakfast is around 97 grams. Dinner with just carbs really coming from the vegetables is around 12 grams of carbs. But I'm sleeping like a rock at night. My training performance is really supported. I have good energy levels during the day. And just on that set plan, like it ticks kind of all of my nutritional boxes for I've got some red meat, I've got some calcium coming from the cheese and the casein and also the sardines, fruits and vegetables, whole greens, you know, omega-3s from those sardines. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. So it's doing the job and I've already pre-planned. So I'm like, okay, cool. If I get a macro cut, I'm just going to reduce like a corn thin and take away the apple. Like I'm just almost already planning ahead for that next step just so it can be so seamless. Mm. Do you think you'll volumize it at any further capacity? Mm, probably not. No, I think that, you know, if I get down maybe to that 150 gram of carb mark, I might like swap out the corn thins for like a little bit of actual air pop popcorn. But for the most part, not really like you want more, add more ice to your ice cream. No, cause then the consistency goes all flipped. It doesn't blend right. Mm, yeah. Not more strawberries. Mm, no, because if I'm dropping food, then I can't add more strawberries. Well, you can because they're so low in carb. You just take it away from like flour at breakfast. Yeah, but even then, like I don't really want to be doing that sort of macro Tetris. Like mm. if I've learned anything from my previous preps is that like 
I've just given myself unnecessary headaches trying to do all these like little hacks. Like, ooh, if I shift this, then I can have more of this. It's like, man, just you're going to be hungry regardless. Like you're making yourself unnecessarily food focused. So I don't want to feel like that because it's so freeing. I, I, I have to think about food enough as it is being a freaking dietitian and talking to all of my competitors and going through their own my fitness pals every single day. So Right now it's like dieting's kind of going on in the background and I want it to be that way for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. What's in the foreground, would you say? Training? Yeah, uh, definitely my training and my work and uh, of course you and the dogs. Cool. <laughs> Maybe a bit of fishing as well? <laughs> a bit of fishing, that's for sure. Hey, I'll admit actually, uh, Tiara maybe has already gone off plan and it's not even two weeks in. (laughs) Yesterday we did go on a really fun fishing trip with my parents, which was nice. And uh, we caught a bunch of whiting and I did substitute my 120 grams of lean kangaroo for a barbecued whiting. But uh, hey, you know, still woke up this morning actually to a new- Will you be putting that in your (laughs) check-in? Yeah, I'll have I'll I'll have to admit that to Joey. Joey, <laughs> I swapped out my kangaroo for a white fish. I'm begging you. Might get you. too lean. <laughs> I'm begging you, please don't work with me. Well, yeah, of course we know that fish thins the skin, so. Mm. Well, only white fish. Yes. Well, it is literally called whiting. Yeah. So. You can't get more white fish than whiting. And that's why I'm gonna break into those sixty sixes, yeah. It's because I ate a fish. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, no, but it's it's been really solid, to be honest, ever since prep started. And it's just a super smooth transition. And I just want it to stay this way for as long as possible. Kind of, you know, staying in that sort of honeymoon phase. Yeah. Eventually, it, I mean, it doesn't have to end. But like, if you stay in that honeymoon phase forever, then eventually your physique changes will plateau. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. No, I'm not scared to obviously do the work and feel it. But... I've strategically, you know, chosen to start this first dieting phase now because I've mentioned in other podcasts and I actually uploaded like some physique photos to my own Instagram page and to TBD just showing like my starting position and it's kind of cool. I made some little comparisons versus my last starting position in 2020, so three years difference. And it's safe to say, you know, improvements have been made, which I'm really happy about. I even made a cool little comparison at the end of actually what I looked like the last time I competed with IFBB on show day when I was like 58 kilos versus my starting position then. That morning, I think I was like 69 and a half. And it's almost 12 kilos difference. And dare do I say, I think I honestly look better now than what I looked like last time. I just, I didn't have the muscularity, you know? Yeah, I think you look better now. Thanks. Yeah, I feel a lot better now too. And I'm just, I'm so happy with this starting position. I know that I've worked tremendously hard for it. I know that I've been able to keep that vision alive for just years on end. And it's just really exciting to now officially be in it again Mm, i know what you mean yeah but this first dieting phase planning to diet from like september all the way until like early november trying to get down to around 63 kilos or so and then i'm purposely going to enter into like an extended diet break throughout the rest of november and december holding in that 63 kilo range with just the goal of getting my calories back up getting training performance into a really really good position and then finishing the job come January so that come January when I re-enter into prep and I feel like come January that's when I feel like I'm really going to be in the prep 
phase of prep. I'm almost treating this first dieting phase with, of course, you know, 100% just as much seriousness as I would treat a prep, but I'm almost thinking of it as just a diet for myself. And then when I'm in 2024, come January, that's when I'll really be in prep because I'll be starting there around that 63 kilo mark. And then wherever my stage weight ends up, if it ends up, you know, around 58 kilos again, but just significantly leaner with more muscle mass, that's awesome. If I get on stage closer to the 60 kilo mark, whatever it may be, but I know that we'll be in a really good position come those shows starting in April and then running throughout May with IFBB, ICN, and WNBF. So that's gonna be awesome. But I've started like purposefully early a little bit because I almost wanna take advantage of these next two months because once again, there's bodybuilding shows on like every single weekend. Like I am so distracted by my work and so focused on my work right now. I don't have time to think about dieting myself. That's why it's nice to just be going on in the background, but also to be at the shows on the weekend. It's amazing external motivation, actually seeing all my clients after they've undertaken their own journeys getting on stage, seeing all of our friends on stage, like just being there in the thick of it and being like, oh my gosh, I'm next. <laughs> the next time this Brisbane show is held, I'm gonna be the one up on that fitness stage. So it's incredibly motivating, but also you can't deny it is a great way to burn a good amount of energy because show days, like there's just so much neat. You're just running around, doing things, constantly moving. So it's a great form of energy expenditure too. So it's fantastic on that front from like motivation, staying distracted, energy expenditure. So taking advantage over these next two months. And have you noticed any side effects yet from dieting? Oh gosh, you'd hope not, you know, less than two weeks in, definitely not suffering over here. Interestingly, I think though, the biggest thing is just, I have metabolically adapted pretty much right off the bat in terms of my heart rate, because at the end of the improvement season, my resting heart rate was sitting around 58 beats per minute. It's now 49 beats per minute. <laughs> so every minute of every hour of every day of every week, nine less beats, that's a significantly less calories burnt through my heart. That's not even to mention too, my my respiratory rate as well but it's making training really nice to be honest because like with a lower resting heart rate i actually have a slightly lower exercising heart rate too so things still feel really tough but i'm not nearly as gassed yeah makes sense yeah feels good something i have noticed though is that like when i work because uh, i do video calls with my clients all afternoon i normally will stand up and i'll be on my laptop and stuff I can generally do that for about three or four hours, but then when it gets to that second stint of work where I'm finishing off the last like hour and a half to two hours, I need to sit down. Otherwise, like my legs are just starting to get so swollen. Like I'm starting to feel like I have cankles or something like that, which is something I wasn't really experiencing when I was on higher calories. It's probably the combination of my legs are just like extra, extra fatigued after a day of posing, walking, training, standing and everything. Plus just dieting, it is, it is a chronic stressor over time. So yeah, that's something I've also noticed. I'm like, wow, I actually just, I really need to sit down and I don't even feel bad about it. Yes, yeah, a good instance to listen to your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but hey, you know, that's pretty much me kicking off this uh, first stint to prep. 
feeling pretty good. But Jack, I want to know how have uh, you been these past few weeks? Because it's been a while since we've done an update. Yeah, I don't, I don't even remember when the last one was. It must have been a while ago. And things have been pretty good on my end. So just been ticking away in a gaining phase. So I believe when we came back from our trip, which was in late June, I was roughly 87 kilos and now I'm roughly 91 kilos. So uh, yeah, roughly about a kilo gained each month since then. And had a little bit of some niggles kind of plaguing me uh, for the last, I would say six to eight weeks as well, which um, nothing serious, but enough to just make things very annoying in terms of not being able to train at full capacity. But I think that goes hand in hand with bodybuilding is is uh, managing injuries and when they do occur and then preventing them when you don't have any injuries. So uh, fortunately, I'm still in an okay position, but it's more so just frustration out of anything else. How have you been able to navigate around those and what are they out of interest? I know what they are, <laughs> but you know, for people on the other end of the headphones. So I have some forearm discomfort, which I think is either a forearm tendinopathy or, or just some nerve pain in that forearm. And that, that mainly occurs with bicep curl. So uh, initially I couldn't do any pulling movements really, but now I can, I can do all my pulling movements and to an extent I can do some bicep movements as well, but I just can't push the intensity overly higher. So, I mean, fortunately that's only affecting my bicep gains now, which isn't really a weak point for me. Is that just in one arm or in both? It's my left arm. Mm. Mm. So with that, what are your thoughts on obviously the crosstalk between limbs and like continuing to train one arm, you know, with high levels of intensity in the hope that it's going to help preserve some muscle mass in the other arm? Yeah. I mean, I never considered not doing anything for the right arm. So mm. I'm still training my right arm normally and I, I still think I'm doing enough for my left arm to avoid muscle loss. But yeah, it's if I wasn't able to train it at all, it would have been interesting to see if maybe there was some crosstalk. But mm. yeah, for, fortunately, I can train it to some capacity. Because I remember Callan von Moger, that was a number of years ago, but what he fell off his bike and something happened to his leg or something, right? Mm, but he was not just... Not quite. He was abseiling, I think, down a cliff and he... he uh, hyper-extended it and dislocated the knee or something. There you go. Typical Callum Von Moger doing something just outrageous and he got hurt from it. But yeah, he was actually just training one leg. And I remember seeing something on YouTube about how, and there's, there's quite a bit of literature for this as well. In the case of like, if you do hurt one limb, but you are able to train the other limb to full capacity, go at it because there actually can be some crosstalk between limbs, which is fascinating to say, Hey, I need you to stick around too. So like, let's say that you broke one leg, maybe you could still get on a leg extension with the other leg and still try to train it. I'm not saying it's going to preserve all the muscle mass, but it might actually help to still preserve a sum. So, and sum's always better than none. Are you interested in optimizing your nutrition, training, or physique? If so, head on over to our website and explore our coaching services. We have options for everyone, regardless of whether or not you want to compete. Tap the link in the show notes below or head on over to our website, thebodybuildingdietitians.com to inquire now. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, the other injuries aren't, they're not even injuries. They're more so just niggles, but mm. I don't really want to talk about them too much just because mm -hmm. I think uh, then I acknowledge them and it's not, my mindset doesn't like acknowledging it. I'd rather just move on and, and 
just get better. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And there's more important things to talk about anyway. So I guess this maybe depends, (laughs) depends how you interpret it in terms of food though. Like that's been in a relatively comfortable position. Like for me, as I, the higher I get above 90 kilos, the more I notice that my appetite is less present, still getting by quite comfortably. But I, I know that it's coming that my appetite is going to continue dwindling, but that it is what it is. And I think it'll still be better than last time. But my food at the moment is like 275 protein, uh, 650 carb and 65 fat. So pretty low on the fat actually around this time. Usually it is a bit higher, but AJ wants to try, I guess, a, a slightly lower fat approach. And we know that there aren't particularly any downsides to that amount of fat that I'm consuming. Mm. But yeah, it's interesting that I'm only five grams higher in fat than you were in the, <laughs> in the off season, but on like an extra 250 carbs and an extra 100 grams of protein. Yeah, man. What is the highest fat that you and AJ have pushed up to? I believe it was like 85 grams. Mm, yeah. yeah, so closer to that one gram per kilo body weight. Mm. But yeah, I'm predicting another macro increase this week just because my weight's been quite static. I was actually sick this week and it might've been, maybe I was hypermetabolic because of, I was getting over the illness, but my weight literally was 91.4 for a few days and then it dropped to 90.5 mm. and I had to build back up from there. And I still ate all my food, which is why I was surprised. And I was also quite sedentary on the day I got the drop or the day before I got the drop because I was sick. Well, yeah, you guys might be able to tell from Jack's voice. It's not bad at all, but you can tell you're definitely recovering from the end of a cold. We know that your metabolic rate's already in a pretty fiery position as it is. Mm. You throw trying to recover from a sickness on top of that. And uh, yeah, you're probably going to low-key be burning through some calories. Mm, Definitely. And I think last time that we actually recorded a podcast, I think you were just starting your mini series on Instagram for your weekly updates. Yeah. A few people have asked about coming back to YouTube. Like we get that question, I would say every month on TBD. And yeah, as my previous answers, like to summarize that I don't really have enough time and the input isn't worth the output, unfortunately for YouTube, but I have decided to do a weekly check-in on my Instagram, like 45 to 60 seconds long, just sort of running through my week. And that's, I'm actually doing my fifth one today. And that's going to go all the way up until I compete. So I'm going to be doing probably 65 plus of them. So if you are interested in following along, feel free to, I kind of update everyone on my training nutrition and any major topics throughout the week. And it's going to be quite exciting to kind of run through the whole prep of, and all the changes that happen every week. So mm. I, and I think people will learn a lot or they might just enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you're obviously starting to document that now. I really admire you for doing that every single weekend, recording, putting the videos together and really committing to it mm. because like, especially as you enter into your prep and more people naturally start to discover you like, man, who's this Jack Radford Smith guy doing classic and bodybuilding? They'll find you and they'll be like, whoa, he's literally been documenting this for like a year. And then that's where people will discover you kind of on social media. They'll scroll back and be like, whoa, that's so cool. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much a all or nothing person. So I knew that doing this series, it gives me an all or nothing approach to Instagram, which mm. is why I, I personally don't think I'll miss a week unless an extraneous circumstance pops mm-hmm. up. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, once again, that's what I admire about you because that's certainly my downfall. It always has been. I was even considering this week, I was like, man, to really get my shiz together. Cause I know I have so much potential to share more things on Instagram and all of that sort of stuff, but I'm just not consistent enough with it. I was like, should I actually hire a social media coach? Someone literally for the case of checking in on me for accountability, be like, Tiara, did you make this number of posts this week? You know, or did you follow through with what we spoke about during our check-in there? Like, have you been providing this sort of value to your followers, etc.? I'm like, maybe that's what I need. I literally need that sort of accountability. Just like how, if someone was hiring a coach for accountability. Mm. Yeah, it's a valid point. I think maybe social media coaches often get dismissed because I'm not sure if dismissed is the right word, but because we often get pestered by social media coaches on Instagram, but I guess they're more business coaches, mm. like generate a hundred client leads in six months or something like that. And I won't disclose the person who told me this just in case, but it was kind of a funny story about replying to those DMs. Cause you know, the DMs I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The individual in question, he writes back saying, sorry, I'm so booked out with clients. I don't actually have any availabilities in my calendar at the moment, <laughs> but feel free to uh, book in in, uh, in the coming weeks when I have availability. I always get this very strange satisfaction going into my message requests about once per week. And you know, like 20 of those things pop up and I'm like, delete all. Mm. Ah, it's so nice to just refresh that box. Cause it's, it's all these just like really random profile pictures and like, Hey, I have an idea for you. Or like, you know, they're always quoting values and numbers and all this sort of stuff. And I'm just like, see you later. I'm not even opening up any of them. <laughs> well, you just make sure you don't delete any genuine people. No, I don't do that. You can always tell, okay, is someone a spam bot or is someone a legitimate person who's messaging you, but it's actually just not going to your direct mm -hmm. inbox. Let's hope. But the reason why I say that is because uh, people that I follow on social media that I'm like, man, they have really ramped up their content in like the past six months or one year, you know, like they are on top of it. Their stories are phenomenal. You know, they're posting all these things on their page. It's entertaining. It's value. I found out recently it's more common than not for a lot of these people, particularly females, they actually work alongside a social media coach mm -hmm. and it's really benefiting their business. It's really benefiting them because they're putting themselves out there more like sharing their own journey. And I'm like, man, that's probably something I could really benefit from. Cause I do see a lot of potential in myself to be out there more on social media, but it's just the case of actually doing it. Yeah. You're prioritizing podcasts too much, <laughs> but I love it. I love podcasts. Now, what I really prioritize the most is my own work. I, I just prioritize obviously like checking in with my clients and things of that nature. And then whenever I get downtime, I'm just like, oh, I don't really want to be on Instagram. I just want to go for a walk or I want to go fishing. Cause if I spend too much time on the app, it, it's not benefiting me anymore. It's not bringing me happiness. It actually, I think you would be maybe more motivated to be on social media more as a content producer. If your client's books weren't in a good spot. Like if you only had 10 clients, then I think you would feel more motivated to post more regularly. Yeah, absolutely. But because I feel like I don't use social media to like generate leads like that. That's why I don't advertise my coaching at all. 
but I know that there is an aspect there that it makes me feel good because I'm definitely someone that loves to document my life. So, you know, I love taking photos and videos of everything and I upload things to my story and things of that nature. But I'm like, I know if I went that extra mile, it sounds selfish, but I'd actually be doing it for me more than anything so that I could really document my journey in its entirety and fullest and like really, really have those sort of archives to look back on and be like, wow, I, I think that would be fun. But like I said, it's just the case of actually committing to it. And I think just like how someone, if they need to get off their butt and get to the gym and start eating more fruits and vegetables, they might hire a coach, check in on them every single week to say, hey, did you do the things? That's probably what I need too. Admittingly, I'd need that sort of accountability to be like, oh crap, I'm gonna get my ass whipped if I don't post on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it's a it's a financial investment too. I'm like, I'm investing in this coach and I didn't do the thing. Like I feel disappointed in myself and I'm now wasting my money. Mm. Could have spent that uh, at the fruit shop. Well, maybe you need to take the, take the plunge and I'll do it now because you're in prep. So. Yeah. So there you go. If anyone actually maybe has some good recommendations for Tira to have a social media coach, hit me up. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, I think that was a pretty good podcast. Anything else to update on? No. No, just looking forward to all the weekends to come. You know, the show season has officially kicked off. We had Tropics last week. We've got the Brisbane Classic next weekend and IFBB after that. I see a Nationals, WNBF. You and I will both be test judges for the WNBF show at the end of October, which is very exciting. So great things to come. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, hey, what should we end on today? Something that we want to improve? Yeah, we haven't done that for a while. Mm. I'll let you go first. Something I want to improve. Is this appropriate though? Because technically I'm not in the improvement season anymore, but hmm. I think we still want to improve in prep, don't we? That is absolutely right. The improvement season really overlays every season. Yes. <laughs> Something I want to improve this week. I'm going to be pretty simple and say, I just want to keep getting a little bit leaner. I would love to see myself break into those 66 kilos. That would be awesome. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I, that's personally not what I want to do. <laughs> Jack does not want to be 66 kilos ever. <laughs> yeah, ideally not. Wow, that would be very lean. Yeah. I think I might be malnourished at not that point. E not even as an old man, okay? I will yeah. not let you atrophy down to that point. Mm. Well, what do I want to improve on? I would like to have a week of just good solid training where... Kind of nothing goes wrong from a niggle standpoint. That would be very nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. No modifications required. Yes. So that means for starters doing RDLs tomorrow, which I haven't done properly in a few weeks. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening. If you enjoyed, make sure you kindly leave us a rating or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And we'll catch you guys next week. 